You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you uh, on this fourth Sunday of Advent. We're so close to Christmas. Uh, That's coming up uh, in just two days. Our scripture lesson today is from the Gospel of Luke, the the first chapter, beginning with verse 26. It will be on the screens, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Clara was given a nutcracker as a gift from her godfather, Drosselmeyer. But it's a gift that she didn't necessarily want nor is it a gift that she thought she needed. When she was given this gift, she even commented on how it was oddly shaped. It had a head that was larger than its body. It wasn't particularly beautiful. But Fritz, her brother, was quite jealous of this gift and tried to wrestle it away from her and in so doing broke the nutcracker. And of course, as we talked about uh, last week, Drosselmeyer came in and he mended the nutcracker to be whole once again. But still, after this uh, beginning of the story, she's looking out of the window, she's holding the nutcracker, still trying to figure out exactly what it all means. She was given a gift that she didn't necessarily want, and it's a gift she certainly didn't think she needed. Have you ever received a gift that you certainly didn't want? A gift that you certainly didn't think that you needed? I have. (laughs) Um... When I was a confirmation mentor one year, um, just uh, fresh out of college, I was working full-time as a youth director at University Methodist in Baton Rouge, and it was a tradition to give uh, your mentor in confirmation a gift at the end of the year. So I was there at the confirmation brunch, and I was sitting with my uh, confirmand, Chad, 
I sat there and Chad gave me a red, beat-up, igloo cooler with radio station stickers all over it. And he just, he handed it to me and said, well, th- thank you, Chad. That's so, that's so thoughtful. Thank you. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. Open it. So I, I opened the red beat-up igloo cooler. And inside, covered in ice, <laughs> was a quarter-used jar of Newman's own spaghetti sauce. So I, as Scripture says, still perplexed at what was going on, I thought, oh, oh, this, this must be homemade. This must... Thank you, Chad, so much for your gift of, of homemade uh, marinara sauce. And his mother leaned over and she goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not homemade. Paul Newman makes this. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for a quarter-used jar of Paul Newman's own handmade spaghetti sauce. And he goes, wait, there's more. So, oh. Okay, so I sifted through the ice and I found a pack of dried Asian shrimp. And that was it. <laughs> that was the gift. My confirmation. I didn't, it was just one of those moments where, is this the twilight zone? Is there, is there a glitch in the matrix? I didn't quite know. And he was just beaming from ear to ear. I thought... This inside joke is real inside. I'm not sure what's going on here. A gift of a quarter-used jar of Newman's own spaghetti sauce and a pack of dried Asian shrimp. Merry Christmas. Sometimes we are given gifts that we certainly don't want and we're pretty sure that we don't need. Mary was given a gift I guess you could call it a gift. The angel Gabriel appeared to her with with quite a gift, a gift that the world had not seen. Greetings, favored one. And you should always take a moment of great pause when an angel appears before you and says, Greetings, favored one. You have found great favor with God. Because sometimes when God favors you, There's a great job description that goes along with it. Ask Moses. Ask Abraham. Ask Isaiah. Ask Jeremiah. Ask Ezekiel. Ask any of the prophets how much they enjoyed being favored by God. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. This interaction between the angel Gabriel and Mary follows a very particular pattern in Scripture. There is what's called a prophetic call narrative throughout Scripture. Uh, And we see this, uh, and that'll be on the screens, there's a particular order in which this happens between the angel Gabriel and Mary. There's a divine confrontation, an introductory word, a commission, an objection reassurance, and then, finally, a sign. And we see this throughout Scripture. For example, Moses. Uh, When Moses is before the Lord, there is a divine confrontation. There is a burning bush. He sees it from a distance, and he goes up the mountain to see it. When he gets near the bush, there is an introductory word. Take off your sandals. You are standing on holy ground. 
And then there is a commission. Moses, go and free my people from Egypt. And then, objection. I, 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 I can't, Lord, I, I'm slow as speech. I, I, I stutter. I, I, I can't do this. Then the Lord reassures him, I will go with you. I will go with you. And then finally a sign. He goes, this will be a sign to you. You will worship on Mount Sinai and I will be there. You will see my presence and my glory will be with you. We have the same similar pattern. It's found with Moses. It's found with Isaiah. It's found with Jeremiah and also found with Mary. We see this. There's a divine confrontation. The angel Gabriel appears and then there's an introductory word. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Then there is a commission. You will bear a son. You will have a son and he will be the son of the Most High. There is an objection. How can this be? I am a virgin. There is reassurance. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit will be with you. And then the angel offers a sign. Your relative Elizabeth is also with child. We see this pattern over and over again in Scripture when God calls God's people with a purpose and with a vision and with a job to do. Except, except with Mary, there is one slight difference. At the very end of this confrontation, Mary says, yes. She says, okay. There is affirmation. No other prophet in the history of God's story said yes. I mean, Moses went to Egypt. Isaiah offered the word of the Lord. Jeremiah went into exile with God's people, but none of them said, okay, let it be unto me. I am your servant. Here am I, except for Mary. The one prophet who agreed to offer herself as a servant to the Lord. She was the vehicle through which we receive the gift, the gift that we need. With Mary, Catholics sometimes see Mary as a Noah figure, the one righteous one through which the vehicle of life may continue. Protestants, we see Mary as as kind of like an Abraham figure, the one who had faith, the one who was faithfully obedient, the one who said, yes, here am I. Those same words being used with Abraham. Here I am, Lord. Send me. The vehicle through which we receive the gift that we need. Is Jesus, is Jesus the gift that we want? On the one hand, Of course, Jesus is the gift that we want. It's like uh, the African-American spiritual, you can have all the rest, but give me Jesus. Jesus opens the eyes of the blind. Jesus is a healer. Jesus feeds the multitude. Jesus says, take up your mat and walk. Jesus offers comfort. Jesus is always with us, our guide, our friend, our Lord. But this gift also asks something of us. Jesus asks us to feed the hungry as well, to clothe the naked, 
to heal each other, to visit the sick and imprisoned. When you see someone suffering on the side of the road going to Jericho, you stop what you are doing, you bind him up, and you help him to his feet and send him alongside you on your way. Sometimes Jesus doesn't sound very much like the gift we want. But Jesus is the gift that we need. For example, sometimes uh, when I ask people, what do you really want for Christmas? You know, not, not an Alexa or an iPhone or uh, a Roomba to clean the floor. What do, you, what do you really want? And I often get answers like, I, I, wish, I wish there was peace in the world. I wish there was no hunger in the world. That's the thing with the gift of Jesus. Jesus doesn't just ask, what do you want for Christmas? But Jesus also repeats back what we have said. Jesus, I want peace in the world. And I imagine Jesus saying, yes, and so do I. Go and be a peacemaker. Father, for this year, for Christmas, I, I want the hungry to be fed. Yes, yes, and so do I. Go and feed the hungry and ask why in the richest nation in the world why people are hungry. It's like the song, let there be peace on earth. We forget the second half of that. (laughs) And let it begin with me. Joy to the world. We talked about it last week, one of my favorite songs, let every heart prepare him room. But we have to wait all the way to the end of the song, all the way to the the fourth verse to get to the punchline. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. The music doesn't help us out. And choirs, choirs who know what they're doing, hint, hint, wink, wink, will know how to sing this well. Because the music make it, makes it sound like it is glory to which we are porting, uh, pointing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glory. And, and the choir, everybody takes a big breath right before the glory. Don't do that. That's not the point of that verse. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glory. Prove. Prove is the word we need to point to. Makes the nations prove the glory and the wondrous love. In other words, it is our task, it is our job to prove God's glory in the world, to prove God's wondrous love in the world. Don't take a breath in that line. The glory, no, makes the nations prove that let us be catapulted into service. If there are those who are wondering if there is a God, be the sign for them. If there are those who are wondering whether Jesus' birth matters, be the sign for them. Be the reassurance that there is indeed hope. That we can have peace. That love is the lens through which we view the world. That joy is real. The steadfast assurance that God is with us. 
the Nutcracker, you know, the big punchline of the series. The Nutcracker might not have been the gift that Clara wanted, but it was the gift that she needed. When the Mouse King attacked, the Nutcracker sprung to life and he defended her and he sacrificed himself. Stop me when this sounds familiar. He sacrificed himself on her behalf. And then Drosselmeyer comes back into the story, resurrects the Nutcracker, and he becomes real at the end of the story. And he ushers Clara into a kingdom, a great banquet, a great celebration where she sees in this hall, in this kingdom hall, people from all over the world, from every walk of life. And they live happily ever after. Clara wakes up and she continues her story. And this is where, this is where I get critical of the Nutcracker story. Because here's a damsel in distress, the Nutcracker saves her, and then they live happily ever after. It's, it's, it's Disney 101, right? This is where the Nutcracker and Christ diverge. Christ is not here to save us from distress and then allow us to live happily ever after. There is a job description that comes with our faith. Jesus is not a Superman that just swoops in when things get really bad and then swoops back up to heaven. Christ, and you've heard this from the pulpit before, it's not so much that Christ saves us from something, it's that Christ saves us for something, to be set apart, to be the nations that prove God's love in the world. A nation that proves God's wondrous love. A nation that proves that hope is real. Christ gave us a commission for this work. So I invite you during the waning days of Advent to say yes to the commission that God has put upon your heart. Help us to be proof of the joy to the world. When we do this work, when we do this work, we become part of God's salvific story. We become a part of God's saving story. This is the real gift. This is the real gift of the season. The real gift is God's constant and gracious invitation into God's own story, into God's own heart. We have a job to do. And the days are waning. Let us be a nation that proves God's glory and God's wondrous love. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Sovereign Lord, God above all who emptied the divine self to walk among us, to show us how to live, to show us how to die so that we might live again and live abundantly. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to say yes. Help us to follow Mary's lead in saying yes to the commission that you, would, you have offered to us. For those who are hurting, may we be the proof of comfort. For those who need to know that they are loved, let us be the proof of God's wondrous love. 
For those who are in need of desperate hope, let us be the proof of God's hopeful story. Help us to be full of joy, the steadfast assurance that you are always with us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.